How does one begin to make sense of a story like this? It really stretches your credulity, right? Um, And it would be easy to be distracted uh, over whether such events like this actually happened in history or not and on what basis it would be possible to believe that they happened or not. And such a discussion would serve to confine the story to the relative safety of a historical event of the past. If we are persuaded of the historicity of this story, then we learn that Jesus had remarkable and unique powers to do things no one else had been able to do. And we already have an abundance of evidence for that much. In a sense, the historical discussion misses the point. And to paraphrase Karl Barth, the important thing is not whether Jesus actually walked on water or not. The important thing is why Jesus chose to do so. And so I want to think about that for a moment. Because Jesus could have miraculously summoned a boat if he wanted to. Given his extraordinary powers, uh, Jesus could have done a whole range of things. But he chose to walk across the water. And he must have known that this would appear odd. The disciples' response of terror is quite reasonable. If you'd seen it, you would have been terrified too. There's no evidence that Jesus felt a need to show off, just to you know, show everyone he could walk on water, and it's not like him to be thoughtless of how his actions affect those around him. No, he decided to walk across the water very deliberately. There was purpose in it, and the purpose in including this account in the story of Jesus. Because this is a sign, again, a sign to make us wonder. The decision to walk on the water, to do something that people generally are not able to do, is meant to say something to us. Everyone knows this is an impossible feat. No one is confused about this kind of activity. It's not like we've only recently discovered that people can't walk on water. It's been known for a long, long time. This kind of thing simply isn't supported by the evidence that we have available to us about the way the world works. And that's why this report jars in our thinking. It doesn't kind of make sense in our normal sense-making processes. And I believe that's exactly what it's designed to do. See, I doubt any of you out there or in here have actually walked on water. And if you tell me that you have, I will not call you a liar, but neither will I believe you. However, if you have been living your life seeking to follow Jesus, I am sure that you have stepped out in response to the call of Christ into places that the available data would tell you you should not normally be able to be supported. When I think about this, I think about Robin Davies some 20 odd years ago starting a little Bible study group in Piermont. It's just a little group, a couple of people came I believe, they did Bible study together for a while and then they became a little faith community and held kind of 
little worship services and a few more people came and then the opportunity to move into this building came available and there was a whole lot of activity around that and actually there was a whole lot of work over two decades which I'm going to breeze over very quickly but eventually this little faith community became recognised as a congregation of the Uniting Church. And I'm guessing that on more than one occasion Robin would have said in her heart, Lord, if this is really you, tell me to take the next step. Show me how to step out of this safe place into this unsafe place. And bear in mind, this was at a time when most mainline churches were closing congregations, not starting new ones. There was no reasonable expectation that this activity would be supported. It always takes faith to walk on water. From a popular perception point of view, we should not expect to be able to walk in the places that Jesus is calling us to walk. If you've never experienced the exhilaration of stepping out like that, then it might be that you're very good at playing it safe. And safety is very, very important. We've been reminded of that already this morning. But safety should not be confused with faithfulness. And Peter's interesting here because he sees Jesus and they're all terrified and Jesus calms them down and he says, if that really is you, Lord. And it's almost an act of faith and doubt at the same time we see in Peter and the two are part of the one response. Peter wants to confirm that this really is Jesus. There's no other reason for him to take a stroll among the waves, as it were. So he has some questioning, some doubt, and yet he's willing to step out of the boat to confirm what he hopes is true, to check out whether this really is Jesus, which indicates clearly he had substantial faith. And in growing and deepening faith, there has to be this dialogue of questioning and doubt that speaks to uh, challenge our confidence in certain things and to test whether they're true or not even to the point of putting one's own life at risk at times. I know from my own faith journey, the deepest parts of my growing have consistently involved challenges to what I've held dear previously. We can only move from what we already know or understand and our current understanding helps us explore further, look at new things, as it were, or see in new ways. And eventually we gain insight that might subvert or explode our previous assumptions. And the paradox is that we couldn't find those new insights except that we had the assumptions that we already held. Without holding those things we would never grow but they then become dismantled by the new things that we discover and this is something of the paradox of going deeper in faith. And why would you, why would you keep going on that journey? Because it's actually kind of scary and hard at times. And I think we do it because love bids us to do it. Things we would never do for any other reason we would do for love. Love is a strange thing. We become kind of co-joined with the welfare of others or another. 
In fact, the wel- their welfare becomes more important to us than our own. Love displaces us from the centre of our own lives. We find life in offering life to another. And when we love, we're willing to give all we have and all we are for the ones we love. And this is true of any relationship of love, I believe. And I want to suggest that this is tantamount to walking on water. There's no guarantee our love for others will support us or indeed be responded to. There is ample evidence that the vulnerability required to love is very risky business. Our most basic instincts would warn us off this reckless path. But we can learn to follow the intuition of love and choose to override our instinct for survival. But Peter's downfall, of course, is that he loses focus. He looks at the wind. Uh, However you look at the wind, because I don't know about you, but you can't actually see wind. You can see what the wind does, but you can't really see the wind. Rather than keeping his eyes fixed on Jesus, who is bidding Peter to come and join him, he focuses on other things. And this rather reminded me of the dynamic of so much noise in our heads and our circumstances all the time, whether it's the media or our social group or social media group or whatever it might be. Um, You'll know this dynamic when we observe someone reacting to something and we have a reaction to their reaction and then a moment later somebody's reacting to our reaction to their reaction and uh, it's just all so much wind. This happens as easily, as I say, on social media as it does in social settings. It's all too easy to get caught up with this wind and be distracted by it and we find ourselves alternatively cowering to someone else's reaction or getting angered by it and we become shaped by our reactiveness and we find that we are sinking. And the boat is hitting the headwinds. And again, this speaks to us of so many things. It's not the easiest of situations to be sailing into a headwind. It has to be carefully calculated and navigated in a less direct kind of way, more strategic. You have to work out where you're going and how to cut across the wind and so forth. If we were to understand the wind to be the prevailing culture, this story can speak to us of the reality that the direction we are called to is against the wind. And when we step out to where we have no reasonable reason to expect to be supported, this is not an easy thing to do either. Not necessarily a wise thing, I should say, because if you're stepping out to places where you have no reasonable reason to expect to be supported, you want to be really sure that's where Christ is bidding you to go. The best way I know of doing this is to ask myself if the decision I'm about to take turns out really badly, is it still worth taking? Do I still want to do it regardless of what it costs me? And if the answer is yes, then I know I've reached a a right place of conviction in my heart about whether to go forward in that direction. And to stay focused on Christ, and this seems so obvious, it hardly needs to be said, but how do we actually do that 
today. Peter had a figure standing in front of him. He could actually focus on the figure of Christ, bidding him to come. What do we do? How do we focus on Christ in this day? And this is where I believe being steeped in the stories of Scripture generally and the Gospels in particular is so, so important. You know, there was a time when you would have been hard-pressed to find anybody who didn't know at least one story from the Gospels about Jesus. Anyone at all. I mean, I was brought up a secular Jew and I knew stories about Jesus from the Gospels. They were so widespread in our culture, everybody knew about them. But these days, that awareness of Gospel stories and the, the Scriptures in general is evaporating in our midst. Uh, someone relayed a conversation to me that happened at the Nativity last December and I might get some of the particular details slightly wrong but I believe some of the angels, the little children, were talking about what was going on and one of them said, oh no, this is a birthday party for the fairy prince or something. His name is Genius. And uh, this was related to We were chuckling about it because it was all you know, at the same time quite cute and funny and also very telling. The stories that have held us, that have formed us as a culture and shaped the trajectory of our development over the last 2,000 years are being laid aside and forgotten. And while the secularist might say, well, good riddance to those fairy tales, they never did much for us anyway, that view would fail to appreciate the shaping power of the stories we tell each other and tell ourselves about ultimate realities. And indeed, if you think there are no ultimate realities, then that has a huge impact as well. You end up being tossed around like a small boat on a great lake in a fierce wind. And unless we decide to keep our eyes on Jesus as the central person who tells us what is really important we will sink. See, when it comes to this story of Jesus walking on the water, it could be a fascinating historical event, right? But I think it makes a far more challenging call to discipleship. The challenge is precisely that we are headed in a direction that is against the prevailing culture, the prevailing winds. There are times when Jesus bids us to follow him to places there is no reasonable reason to expect that we will be supported. And you can only take steps of faith like that when you are compelled by deep conviction. Deep conviction forms through the dialogue of questioning and searching and doubting and trusting. So I challenge you, look for Christ. Where is Christ bidding you? Oh. Somebody's just bombed us. <laughs> We're going to say a prayer. It's good timing, right? <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your grace to us. That even though we are sometimes very weak in faith, 
you continue to call us to step out of the safety zones we have created, to follow you, not for no good reason, but for the best reason of all, because you are the way of life, the way of truth and love. You are the one who teaches us to put ourselves on the line to bring the blessing of your kingdom into the world. And we want to say yes and amen to that call. Help us to take those steps. Amen.